Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, March 30th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 20, starting with the paragraph that starts with the sentence you may have already asked. And we are having today's readers are Lynn D. and Marie J., the reference number for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting is 9776. For this morning's 7 a.m. meeting is 9780. That's 9776 and 9780. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Suri to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, please. Hi, it's Sarit L. from Montreal, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, over compulsive overeating, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Sarit L. I will now ask for Jody E.Q. to please read the 12 traditions. Go ahead. This is Jody E.Q., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in California. The 12 traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jody E.Q. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted, and please don't speak on speakerphone. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 20. I'm going to ask Lynn D. to start us off on that, was it, third, second paragraph there, first full paragraph. Go ahead, Lynn. Hi, this is Lynn D. from Colorado. Can you hear me? Very well, thank you. Great. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us became so very ill from drinking. Doubtless you are curious to discover how and why. In the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We should tell you what we have done. Before going into a detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is, all lit up again. Oh, 
um, this brings back memories for me. I know when I came to OA at first, um, I had heard all those sort of things, you know, with a slant on food. Um, just don't eat so many donuts. And I knew I had no control of how many donuts I was going to eat. Um, you know, and earlier, I mean, yesterday, what we read about being useful to others, I had tried so hard to be useful, um, to be like my husband, because he seemed like a normal, uh, well-adjusted person that was fairly happy. I couldn't do it. So I knew I was really powerless. And um, I was grateful that, that you know, the other fellows around the table were, had heard these questions also, and they weren't able to do it either. They couldn't just quit. They, they, even in the, if they were going to have um, health uh, problems, you know, next week, they couldn't quit. And that's a category I was in. So this question, uh, what do I have to do? That's where I was. And thank you, higher power, that that's where I was. I had stopped fighting to try to control this. And I was plummeting fast. So um, it's wonderful to read this because, you know, I have a, a wonderful life today and it would be easy to forget it um, and get distracted by the wonderfulness of my life. But I need my nose in this book to know the truth. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lindy. Who would like to share on what was read? Carlisa C. Mary Jean C. Mary G. C. Carlisa C. Mary Rocky G. I. Rocky I. Anyone else? Charles Dirt. Charles D. Charles D. All right. Well, let's start with that. Carlisa C. Mary G. C. Rocky I. And Charles D. Go ahead, Carlisa. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, it's my pleasure to, to be able to share today on this. Um, and what I'd like to focus on is the sentence, the question, if you are an alcoholic, compulsive eater, who wants, who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? So who wants to get over it is a phrase that every now and then throughout the the big book, we see that phrase sprinkled in, you know, and it's it's kind of like, it's, I think, again, I, I remember seeing it on page 50, on, on the first page of how it works, you know, or somewhere. It's not everywhere, but it's it, whenever I see it, it gets my attention because I believe it is a condition, uh, a necessary condition of my my walk on the steps and therefore to recovery. If I am still wanting to um, use food to soothe my feelings and comfort me and be my best friend, um, but I just want to put down the consequences and the effects of compulsive eating, so high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, heart disease, um, my family being on my back about how much I eat and how I'm never available for them and why don't I, you know, why don't I just stop it? And if I just want to put down the consequences of the compulsive eating and not put down the food, uh, which is what this is asking me, 
then I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. Uh, and, you know, it may be, maybe it's not a distinction that really, you know, is really hitting anybody else this morning, but it really hits me because for 30 years I did not want to put down the food. I wanted to put down the consequences of compulsive eating, but I did not want to put down the food, and hence I didn't. And then finally, when I wanted to put down the food because it was just overwhelming to me, I found that I couldn't. No matter what I did, no matter what, what amount of medical consequences, swearing off, whatever I did, I couldn't. It was only after I came to realize that I did want to, I couldn't, that there was some room finally to start hearing the message of recovery, which is I had to concede to my innermost self that I was a compulsive eater and that I was powerless. And there in God's power was, and I choose to call my higher power God, uh, I ceded the throne from myself being the higher power to food, from food being the higher power to the God of the universe to be my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Carlisa C., Mary Jean C., please go ahead. Hi, this is Mary Jean. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I'm so grateful for this meeting and your service, as everyone else has said as well. Um, the thing that struck me, you may have already asked yourself why it is that all of us became so very ill from drinking. And I know that was a question early on when I first came into program. Why am I like this? Why? Because I didn't understand what was wrong with me. But I'm so grateful that over time, the why didn't matter anymore. It wasn't important. I had this disease. My thermostat was broken. Whatever. Genetics, it didn't matter. I had this disease. And the question is, what do I have to do? And that's what I learned in this program and through the 12 steps. You know, I need to put down the food. I need to work on the steps to the best of my ability. I need to make sure I'm doing step 10 every day and working with others. And um, that's made an incredible change because I've been in this program for over 40 years. And I never have had the kind of recovery that I've had in the past two years since I came to Vision for You and really began to understand what this program was truly about. And step six and seven were magic for me this time around, just magic. So I'm very grateful, and um, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jean. Rocky I, please go ahead. Can I be heard? Very well. Thank you. Okay, good morning. This is Rocky I, recovered and recovered compulsive overeater in Tempe, Arizona. Um, I well, again, I like all the big books, but this paragraph um, is true. When I started to read, I right away got hooked, and I couldn't like I devour the big book. I never wanted to read it, but then when once I started reading it, it was just so. Uh, inspiring that I just um, ate it after all compulsive rights. I read it like in two days. Um, Anyway, it's true uh, because I had tried uh, the meetings where they have all this literature and I recovered, but I was getting the message diluted. And so 
when I came to the big book, uh, my recovery just skyrocketed, like it took it to a different level of understanding. And um, so that that is in regards to the book. It is true. It has the exact instructions, so I can attest to that. And I also like the the other paragraph where um, to learn that is that I'm biological mandated. Once I um, ingest certain food items, uh, was such a relief because I always thought. Um, it was a matter of, you know, being a loser. Like I couldn't get it together, and of course that punched me on the self-esteem. And so to come and learn that I was I was allergic, that I had these abnormal reactions to different food, was so freeing. That just really broke uh, the bondage. Really broke my chain to the food. And today. I eat, and I eat a lot. I just don't eat my alcoholic foods. Uh, I don't eat a lot in quantity. Um, I measure my food, but I, I eat a lot in variety, uh, foods that I never thought I would be eating. And so um, uh, just uh, just be encouraged if, if you're new out there and, and um, you want to learn how to do this, just grab your big book and eat it. <laughs> and uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. Charles D., you're up. Yes, hi. I'm Charles D. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Oregon. I'm very grateful to be here today. Um, I want to thank uh, the program and thank God for um, being involved in, in me becoming recovered from this hopeless and um, this hopeless condition that I've lived in for um, over 50 years. Um, I now have um, an ability to eat like um, a, a normal eater. But I'm not a normal eater. I have this illness um, that's physical and mental, and it's it's driven me to overeat um, for most of my life. And so I'm I'm really grateful for um, to be uh, recovered from this devastating disease. My family has never really understood uh, why I'm. I'm needing to get in recovery. They they think that I can I should be able to use uh, willpower and and um, just um, change. But I've I realized that I needed a, a complete spiritual awakening uh, to uh, overcome this uh, this devastating disease. So I'm really grateful that the that the book is is so comprehensive and in changing my whole being. Um, so the solution is is working the steps and uh, it's really a gift of a lifetime. It's not only um, taking me out of the, the nightmare of eating all the time, but it's, it's giving me a, a relationship with a God that I've never known. And it's waking me up to having true loving relationships in my life. So I can't say enough about uh, st 
studying the studying the big book with um, all of you other wonderful recovering people. Thank you. Thank you, Charles D. And who else would like to share on what was read? Marie J. Penny C. Carol K. Penny C. Who was after Penny? Carol K. Carol K. Stephanie N. Stephanie N. Anybody else? All right, so I think it's Marie J. Penny C. Carol K. Okay, and we're going to add Sherry KB on there. All right, so we have Marie J, Penny C, Carol K, Stephanie N, and Sherry KB. Marie, you are up. Please go ahead. Thanks. Hi, this is Marie J, recovered in uh, Colorado. So happy to be here. I am, instead of uh, asking what do I have to do, I spent a long time in self-pity asking why me, and I was abstinent for three years before I came to, vis- to vision, and I had lost 80 pounds, but then I relapsed, and I was climbing up in my weight. I got upwards of 30 pounds back on before I got into vision, and I now know that it was because I was only working half of the problem. You know, it's a twofold problem. We have an allergy of the body, and we have an obsession of the mind, and I was abstinent and my body was changing and my self-esteem was improving and I thought I was working the program, but I was still just living with my obsessive mind and I didn't have freedom. So abstinence is the first part of the problem and I had to work the steps and really understand the directions in the big books in order to get get to that obsession of my mind. I had to work on the... Um, underlying issues, you know, my self-worth and my shame. I had to find a higher power and I had to learn to trust in something that I couldn't explain. I didn't understand. I couldn't see. I had to all of a sudden put all my reliance into a higher power and I didn't want to give up my control. So why did I do it? You know, I did it because, because my sponsor had what I wanted and she had freedom. She had freedom from her, from her obsession and her obsessive mind, and I wanted that for myself. I wanted freedom from my stress, my anxiety. I wanted freedom from my insanity. And even though I was abstinent and seeing physical res- results, I wasn't, I wasn't recovered until I got into vision and the big book. And today I have freedom, and my head's clear, and one of the things that I love about this is that I have more time. I have more time because I'm not obsessing and spending all this time in my head. And that was a real surprising gift of the program. Like I have way more time. I can do a lot of program and I can do a lot of life because I don't spend my time trying to control others and fix and manage and make things outside of me better to try to fix my insides. And, you know, our, our purpose is to be of fit Um, to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and people around us. And I can only do that if I'm not consumed with my own self-centeredness. And, you know, rather than asking why me, I was finally able to say, what what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? And, you know, our problem is lack of power. We don't have the willpower to solve this problem on our own. And the solution is a power greater than ourselves. The path to getting the power 
is the steps. And the directions for how to get the steps is right in this big book. So it's all very simple. What do I have to do? That's it, four steps that we have to go through to get recovery. And it's amazing. It's amazing to be free from the obsession and also to be free from all of the physical complications of this disease. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Penny C., you're up. Good morning. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, very well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. And I wanted to look at that part, too, where um, it answers the question, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. And that's that's such an important word, specifically. There is nothing ambiguous in this book. The directions couldn't be more simple. You know, simple, not easy, like it says in, in, in Bill's story. You know, but a price has to be paid, the destruction of self-centeredness. But the answers are all in this book. Just this morning, this recent as an hour ago, I got a call from someone who had visited an old friend and had hoped that they would, you know, renew their relationship the way it used to be and that it would be a fun, um, you know, exciting reunion to speak of. And she found that her friend was was kind of just um, very materialistic, and it was it was just a big disappointment to her that you know she, they were not were not on the same plane anymore. And what did I do? Um, I simply took her back to the big book and said, "She said, well, I don't know what to do. It's upsetting." And we went right back to page sixty-seven and looked at what the AAs call the sick man's prayer. There is, a, and I like to say, perhaps a spiritually sick person. You know, how can I be helpful to her? Let me not be angry. Thy will, not mine, be done. And, and you know, and people, when I give this, this advice, and it is advice when I'm, when I'm talking about things straight from the big book, is, um, you know, they think, I'm, they think I'm very, very wise, um, especially, you know, those, those normies out there who um, don't, don't believe they have any any kind of need for the big book, and maybe some of them don't. But they think when I just tell them what I know from from what I've studied, they think that you know I'm I'm just um, very very amazingly knowledgeable and wise. And all it is, and I tell them, no, it's all in a book I study every morning. That's all it is. It's it's I'm just giving you what I what I know to be to be the, the truth of, of recovery. So, yeah, there's nothing ambiguous. These steps, any anybody can follow them. Good to have a guide, but as we've said before on these meetings, that this book was meant to be a 12-step call, 12-step call one-on-one. You know, it was sent out to hundreds of people all over the country just with the idea that they would read it and they would be able to follow the directions. Um, days before, you know, telephone service was so easily um, accessed. So this is a wonderful book. And all the other literature that I have in two 12-step programs, all that literature does is help me to work the steps. But all I really need, 
all I really need is this book. This is an amazing, amazing book. And in God's hands, uh, I can be so helpful to others, just referring them back to this. And I'll pass with that. Thank you so much for leading. Thank you, Penny C. Carol Kay, it's your turn. Hi, this is Carol Kay, recovered compulsive overeater, grateful one from New Jersey. Um, you know, this sentence here, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. You know, um, wow. When I first saw that, I thought to myself, I don't know if that could happen for me. I, I, you know, maybe that won't happen for me. You know, I had my doubts because when I came into this program, I, I really was a big mess. Um, today, I could sit here and say that is nothing but truth because if I could recover by following the precise instructions in this book, anyone can because all I am is another sardine in a can. And then I just want to talk briefly about what do I have to do? Well, this is what I did. Um, I listened to the vision meeting a few, a few times, and then I got myself a sponsor right away. That's what I did. And um, she, she um, first thing she talked about is my binge foods. And uh, she said I'd have to be willing to put those down and the ingredients. Did I like it? Hell no. No, I didn't like it. But you know what? I'm not in this program because I wanted it, needed it. I, was in, I came into this program because I was willing to do, take the action. That was just the bottom line. So I just did whatever she asked me to do because um, I wanted what she had. So that's what I had to do. I had to put the food down. Then we started the preface, started reading this book, the first 164 pages. And um, on page 45 in this book, it tells us that in order to recover, we have to, we need to find, we, we must find a power greater than ourselves. And that doesn't mean that I had to um, believe it was the God that I grew up with or anything like that. It, it could have been the wind. It could be the trees. Whatever my choice of a higher power is um, was okay. And this was the first time I ever heard that um, in, in any type of program that it could be a power um, greater than myself of my own choice. That was just so unheard of of me. So, um, you know, I was just so grateful to hear that because I had issues with my own childhood religious uh, background. Um, but with all that said and done, so, so that's how I did it. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be here. I'm grateful to everybody on this line. And I'm grateful to be recovered today because my entire life turned around. I came in here thinking, well, I need to lose weight. That was my reason. So much more happened. My life turned around for the best. Never knew that, the, I, that I could, I never even knew what happiness was ever in my entire life until I worked these steps. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank okay. you, Carol Kay. Stephanie N., yes, your turn. Stephanie N., uh, recovered in Kansas. Um, the part that stood out to me is why is it that all of us became so very ill from drinking? I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. And I believed all those things. I believed, um, you know, that if I wanted to, I could stop and um, <laughs> she could leave it alone. Why can't I? I believed all of those things and um, I would really beat myself up over it. And wonder, you know, well, why can my sister do this? And I can't. And I would watch what she was doing. I thought, well, maybe, you know, you know, if I did it just like she's doing it and kind of like a scientist, just um, watching the people around me and, and just trying to do what they were doing. And um, 
and never being able to just stop at one candy or one cookie or whatever. And, um, you know, and that doesn't matter. The, the why doesn't matter. The what do I have to do is the thing that matters the most. Um, I found a letter recently that I had written uh, to God and, and it was before I was in program and, um, and I didn't know about the mental obsession, but in the letter, I, I thought it was interesting that I had written, I'm exhausted. Lord, please help me to be free from this obsession. Please show me the way. And, um, and I believe that this program is an answer to that prayer that I, I called out, you know, please show me the way. And, and now I, I have um, found the way to be free of the mental obsession and to be free from the food and um, all of the havoc that it brought to my life. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. I'm just so grateful. And um, thank you for your service. I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie. And Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. I'll put on my timer, and thank you for your service. Um, wow. Um, I love these paragraphs because it's it's saying that we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body, and we hear this throughout the book. Um, wh- what I notice in this book is that we hear things over and over again, or I'll say I, I read things over and over again because I'm a compulsive overeater, and I... Uh, my mental obsession and mental twist loves to get in the way of me learning anything new, learning anything that's going to help me. So I have to hear it over and over and over again, maybe said a different way, but it's all saying the same thing. And so what I've been told here is that um, if I want what they have, if I want to recover from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, I need to follow what it says in this book. And the purpose, purpose of this book is that I need to find a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity because my disease, I made my higher power my disease, and now I need to find a higher power that's going to love me, to give me ease and comfort, to show me how to live and to not live in the mental twist and the mental obsession and not to pick up my alcoholic foods. Um, you know, this this other paragraph that talks about, you know, why can't you – Eat like a normal person, Sherry. Why do you have to have so many desserts? Why can't you eat like your sister, so and so? And why can't you? Why can't you be like other people? I mean, why don't you have willpower? What's wrong with you? And I used to sit there and ask myself, What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? But I didn't know that I had a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And you know, people who loved me used to say, You know, why do you do this? We love you. Why Why can't you do this, Sherry? And, you know, I used to believe I could. And, you know, in this book it tells me I can't and God can. And um, and also just that, you know, people couldn't see. People only saw what it did to me. I only saw what it did for me when I was in my disease. It got me to not feel my feelings. <clears throat> it got me to numb out when I was upset. And now I've got a, I've got steps and prayers and promises and warnings of how to live my life. I, I can get ease and comfort now, and I've learned it through this book, and so can you. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs? Don't be shy. I'd like to share Perry B. in Florida. Perry B. Hi, I'm just so grateful this morning oh, for this ten o'clock. Wait, Perry. 
Yep. Carrie, hold, hold on one second. I'm going to see if there's anyone else that would like to share, and then I'll cue you in, okay? Nadia B. Nadia, Leslie W. Nadia B. Leslie W. Reggie O. Reggie O. I might chime in as well. Okay. Anyone else? Probably take one more. Okay, we'll go with that. We have Perry B, Nadia B, Leslie W, Reggie O. All right, Perry, it is your time. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. I am Perry B, compulsive overeater in uh, Florida, Boca Raton, Fall Springs area. I'm a grateful, um, recovering compulsive overeater who had a relapse last night. And um, back on the phone, back talking to my sponsor, realizing that I haven't been doing my writing. I haven't been doing my reading. I haven't been on as many meetings or shared on the meetings like I was doing. And I haven't been weighing and measuring my food. And on meditation, yes, I've been doing some. And I've been very involved with going to different doctors for my problems that the weight has caused me, um, hip issue, which yesterday I had to have a cortisone shot for, And the doctor said, keep up on your diet, keep doing your swimming, keep doing whatever you're doing that's helped you to lose weight up to this point so that you don't have to have the surgery. And unfortunately, I celebrated that wonderful news with the food. And uh, I have these cans for Passover in my closet. They're going to have to be removed. Uh, Four cans of sugar and flour products. And I have to bring them to my mother-in-law and say, during Passover, bring them back for when we have the Seder, but I cannot have them in my house. I have to admit that, yes, I am just powerless over the food. As much as I want to be able to have it, I binged on food yesterday from a deli that I was bringing food, abstinent food, to my parents, and I ate all six of those little things that I think are so wonderful, and they just make me feel sick and they just make me feel like really retarded, like what's wrong with me, mentally obsessed. I just have to continue the you know, steps, working this program, taking a deep breath and realizing that I'm not alone. That's why I have you guys here. That's why I'm so grateful they have the 7, 8, and 10 o'clock meetings. I tried to go on the meetings this morning, a few of them, and get to my sponsor and just really go back in the kitchen and finish my healthy abstinent breakfast. But there's times when I'll want to do restriction. I'll want to do um, other things to prevent me from eating what I have to eat when I'm in the craziness of this disease in my mental obsession in my head. So I just shared with my uh, sister-in-law about her daughter that gained 30 pounds at college. I had the same issue. I said, see if there's a 12-step program, you know, because I want to share this wonderful program with her. Oh, no, she'll be fine. She can do it on her own. Well, good luck to her, you know, and I pray that she can. But I know that it is a um, really vicious disease. It's metabolic resistance. It's a lot of things. And being a healthcare provider as a massage therapist, I can write the book. I can talk the talk, but I need to walk the talk, and I need to be the example so that people want to follow me. And and I know my dad, who's a chiropractic doctor, he had the same problem. It's hereditary. He was at Weight Watchers many years, and he was a leader even. And he took me in at age 12. I used to have to weigh myself in front of my dad. 
once a week and I got obsessively compulsed with that scale. Now I just do it once a month, like my sponsor says, although sometimes at Publix I want to jump up on there and say, oh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Perry B. Nadia B., you are up, please. Good morning, everyone. Um, This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. And, you know, I've um, loved reading this book with you guys. Um, It's so awesome. You know, I'm realizing that I was asking myself all the wrong questions, you know. Why do I have this disease? Why am I starting a journal? every three weeks, you know, and my journals usually start the same. You know, yesterday I ate, you know, two boxes of granola with milk or whatever it is, and why can't I just stop? I'm in this program. <laughs> why Why can't I just be like all other people? You know, I was sitting in the way rooms, and I was told I have a, a tiger that I have to let out of the cage three times a day, and you know, I think all these things that um, I believed, uh, you know, they kept me um, back in the food. You know, the, all those old silly beliefs that were not true, um, I found out. You know, because when I started asking myself all the questions um, that this book teaches me to ask, you know, what can you do? What can you do to change this? Uh, you know, and there's a lot of things that I could do. And there were a lot of examples of people that, uh, you know, for me, even listening to this meeting, that didn't have that tiger in the cage. And they didn't have to, uh, you know, let that tiger out. They taught me, you know, what my um, bench, how to find out what my bench foods are. And, uh, you know, I learned that there is a very specific plan, you know, that I can follow in order for me, um, you know, to get better. I had to stop, uh, you know, being in so much self-pity and stop asking myself why I have this disease and focus on the things that are more important. What can I do in order to find out what is this power that they are talking about? And, you know, I wanted to know what that power was on step one, two, or three, and and that didn't happen for me. You know, I didn't understand what that power was probably up until I was, uh, you know, I went through this plan. Of, of action and uh, started practicing 10, 11, and 12. And I don't know when that happened for me, but I know that it did. And I'm sure 100% that it can happen to any one of us if we start asking ourselves, you know, the right questions. And so today I'm really grateful that I have this book to follow that teaches me what to ask myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia. Leslie W. Thank you. This is Leslie W. Recovered in Tennessee. Thank you for your service. Um, I wanted to focus on the line. You may already have asked yourself why it why it is that you, that all of us have become so ill from drinking or, in my case, overeating. You know um, that that little word why those those, those three letters have caused me more trouble than um and than 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 anything um 
and if you hear background noise or music, it's because I'm in the grocery store. <laughs> I'm in the grocery store on an OA call. But hey, you know what? I'm a I'm a stay at home mom, and I got to do what I got to do. So I got to get my recovery in and give my service whenever I can. So here's the thing. Um, I spent way too much time in the wise. You know, why this? Why do I have this disease? I tried to understand, you know, for so long. I tried to understand why it was that I couldn't put the food down. Why can't I eat like normal people? Why can't I have a, a, um, a piece of cake at a party? Why, 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 why? Those questions plagued me. And I thought for the longest time that I could figure it out. I mean, I mean... The, the ego that I had involved in in just trying to think that somehow I could control this thing, um, even after I heard that it was a disease, even after I came into the room and heard the solution and heard the truth, I still could not accept it. It took me years before I stopped asking myself that question. And for me, that translates to everything. It translates to, you know, what's going on with my kids? What's going on with me? What's going on with my marriage? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And at the end of the day, I've got 24 hours in the day. So this is how I look at it. I can either ask myself why or that's door number one or door number two. I can stop trying to understand things that are beyond my scope of understanding and just simply do what I have to do to stay well. I have to take action. I cannot afford to sit around asking myself why because what happens after the why is self-pity. And what happens after the self-pity? I, that for me is a very slippery slope. And I'm, before I know it, once that self-pity sets in, I'm back in the food. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be that back there. I don't want to be that person again. And so I don't ask myself why today. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why things happen or why I am the way that I am. Because I just know that figuring, even if I were to figure that out, guess what? It wouldn't change the the treatment. It wouldn't change the solution. It wouldn't change what I have to do in order to stay well. So, you know, I just leave those questions up to my higher power. I'll leave that up to God. If he wants to reveal that to me, great. If he doesn't, fine. I do what I have to do regardless. And um, thanks for this meeting. Thanks for your service. And with that, I pass. Just under the wire. (laughs) Reggie O., you are up. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, This is Reggie O. in the Los Angeles area. So grateful to be here this morning and uh, and listen to everyone. Um, You know, this. Uh, you ask yourself why we become so very ill from drinking. Um, I don't remember asking myself why that, you know, early on uh, when, I was, when I was coming into program. But I, in a previous, seems like a previous life, uh, when I was recovered once before, uh, many years ago, I, uh, uh, I, it brought me many gifts. My life changed in oh, enormous ways in every area and. One of them was I went back to grad school and I went to, uh, I was in this clinical program and I wasn't, you know, I didn't know about 10, 11, and 12. I mean, I had done the steps probably two or three times by that point, but I 10, 11, and 12 was not a focus, you know, that you just do that on a, in a regular basis. So I wasn't doing that. But I was I was learning all about me, you know, and my childhood and motivations and 
how the influence of family and, you know, all, all kinds of things like that. And it, it had an impact in my thinking that I thought I knew, okay, now I, now I know why, you know, I, I got all this greater insight. And, uh, and that, w- that, was, that was one of the things, uh, along with not working 10, 11, and 12 and other things that gradually pulled me away from the program. I went back out again. It really took me a long time uh, to come back. But, um, you know, in the, but this, you know, the, the, I love this, you know, how clear this is when I, when I let it be clear is like in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. And the school that I went to didn't necessarily uh, believe in, you know, 12 step program of, of uh, recovery. So it wasn't, but you know, it is, you know, and I, I, don't have to know why I'm one of those why people too and show me and prove it and you know or or, or I have been that but I, I remember once I was out when I was in uh, when I was experiencing that beautiful time of life before I went out again and I was running across a golf course and I said to myself it was like a spiritual experience almost it's like no one would understand what it's like to live free from eating and using food to solve my life problems or to deal with emotions and you know and I was thinking about that this morning and it's like yes so that meant that I had removed something from my life I'd removed alcoholic substances I'd removed compulsive eating but that's really that's just such the first step you know and that the rest of it is the rest of the steps and that is replacing it you know that is replacing it with this higher power that I can turn to and that can do so much for me that I always tried to do myself, not knowing that that wasn't my part to do. I was talking with someone yesterday that absolutely, we shared the similar thing, absolutely wore me out. I mean, exhausted me. And that was how I was when I came back in here in, in, in uh, August, was exhausted from trying to uh, from trying to do God's work, which was never possible. And, you know, and I just know, you know, there's, I have so much energy, more energy. Uh, I don't have to worry so much because that trust is growing. But that's it. It's being replaced with God and the steps help me get, help, the steps help me get through what I need to clear out so that I can keep that, that beautiful personal relationship with God and, you know, come to trust and rely so that I can do Reggie's part and let God do God's part, and uh, it's such a such a much more beautiful way to um, to live. So, with that, I'll pass. Thanks for thanks for letting me share this morning. Thank you so much, Reggie O. My name's Amy G. I'm going to sneak in here for a couple. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. What do I have to do? And it's the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. Well, you would think that the next paragraph would be a description of what it is we're supposed to do. But I think in the beauty um, and the genius of those or divinely inspired of the, of the writers of Bill is that, you know, we're going to stay in there as a solution, and then we're going to move into more about alcoholism and we agnostics before we get to the chapter that says how it works. And in my humble opinion, why that's so important is it because in more about alcoholism and continuing on in their solution, what is being smashed home? The disease of compulsive overeating. Am I who I say I am? Do I believe who I say I am? Am I going to ask these questions over and over again? Am I going to stay stuck in the whys that others have been saying? Or am I going to say, this is who I am and that I am powerless? 
and then we move on to we agnostics. And frankly, you can tell me how it works, but if I am of the description that is described in these chapters about being a compulsive overreader, you can tell me what to do, and I can try to do it and give me the instructions, but if I don't have a higher power, if I don't have a power greater than myself, then I'm doomed because it won't work and I won't be able to do it because I am powerless of my own without a power greater than myself. So we'll be focusing on we agnostics and the concept of a higher power. And then we move on to what do we have to do, which is in how it works. And I just have to revert to that on page 58 real quickly where it says, you know, if you're willing, if you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. And like everyone else has said, when we're willing to go to any length, those are the steps. They're laid out. They're simple. They're not easy. But it's a common solution. There's no secret code. If I can do it, you can do it. And there the instructions are continued to be laid out. But first we need to smash home. They smash it home time and time again. If we are compulsive overeaters, true compulsive overeaters like I am, I can't do this without a higher power. And I need you all to show me the way. And it is 10.55, and with that, I will pass. I'd like to close by saying thank you, everyone, who has shared. We will now close with a reading on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Marie J. please go ahead and read a vision for you? Hi, sorry. Yeah, okay, Um, go ahead. Thanks. Okay, this is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Mm. Abandon yourself to... Oh, we seem to have lost you, Marie. Marie 